Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And, and we've stopped tracking the quarantine number. I'm going to say 87. This is the 87th podcast under quarantine? <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I mean, Kornheiser announces it every day in PTI, and I feel like his number's off because uh, it's almost like the number of days, and I don't think they've had, they haven't had episodes every day. So, uh, yeah, yeah, hey, we're... We're just making our way through. It's it's June. That's what we know for sure. It's June, and once you know it, on June 11th, Major League Baseball is conducting their draft, but still has no plans to return to action. Uh, yeah. The big news for ASU, two first-round picks, including the number one overall, Spencer Torkelson, going to the Tigers. Yeah. And as you and I texted, Matt, this was supposed to be the year, uh, the put-up-or-shut-up year for Tracy Smith, and... We're not going to get to see it. Right, right. And you know, I mean, there there was no putting up or shutting up, unfortunately, um, which is, you know, it's unfortunate because, one, we, you know, maybe we could have had a good year. It's also unfortunate because if we didn't have a good year, we'd be able to maybe, you know, say, okay, you, you said this was the time you didn't do anything, and now it just looms out there as a giant excuse. Yeah. Um, you know, the phrase is enough is enough and it's time for a change. Well, we're not going to know now. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, we're not going to know. And, and um, you know, we'll see what form next season takes. Um, obviously, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see, you know, uh, hopefully college baseball will be able to, you know, play as is. Although, you know, college baseball is one of the sports that certainly could be affected by you know, scholarship cuts and, and revenue losses and things like that. So who knows? But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's uh, we've talked about it a lot with basketball and, you know, in, in, in judging things and saying, well, there was no tournament. Well, with baseball, not only was there no tournament, there was, you know, only about a quarter of a season um, and no conference season, no postseason, obviously. So not much to judge on whether this team could have lived up to its expectations or not. So we are stuck in limbo uh, as our conversation about the basketball program turned to Ray Anderson. So does the baseball program. It's clear that Smith is his guy and he's loath to make a change here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And he's obviously not going through this year. I mean, you know, I, I college baseball doesn't get the national coverage that basketball does, but I bet there's not a whole lot of coaching changes in college baseball because again, you know, what are you going to use to make that change? You know, I mean, every team played what three, four weeks, something like that. Maybe not even that Um, season usually starts, you know, mid to late February and by mid March it was over. So there's not a whole lot to judge on. Um, You know, I mean, we shouldn't ignore the fact you, you, you know, said in your text last night, it's, it's, you know, it's great for the kid to go number one overall. Um, It's good for ASU, you know, to get that publicity. I've seen, us get some mention on ESPN a few times, you know, most, most number one picks in draft history. Um, you know, it's, it's cool. It's good to get your you know brand out there, but it's also frustrating because you wonder, you know, what could we have done? Would we have been able to live up to expectations and get to the world series this year uh, or not, you know, and either way it would have given us a little bit more resolution as to is this program in the right place or not. And now it just feels like, there's no more resolution than there was 12 months ago, basically. No, it, it feels like we've punted, much like everything. We've punted this decision. 
because of yeah. the pandemic. And we'll revisit it next uh, next offseason because nothing's yeah. going to change except we've lost two first-round caliber players. They're pretty good players, yeah. I mean, in a, in a season that started, uh, you know, I believe in some polls, top five in the preseason. Um, might have even, if I'm not mistaken, we might have been number one in a, in a poll or two. You know, I mean, we had a lot of high expectations uh, for this year and got off to a little bit of a rough start. But then seemingly, you know, like the, the first week wasn't great. But then I think we won like 11 out of 12 or something like that. And, you know, now the schedule wasn't all that brutal in that stretch. So who knows? Does it mean anything? I mean, it doesn't doesn't mean anything because we didn't really get a chance to find out. And now, you know, you never come back with exactly the same team. It's certainly not in baseball. You know, baseball is the sport that probably more than more than any, at least of the big three, you know, sports, um, you, you know, you have losses every year because, you know, you don't you don't keep guys for four years in baseball ever uh, unless they're not very good. And so, you know, you're going to not just those two guys, I'm sure other guys are moving on and there might be some that have gotten drafted today. I don't know. Um, but you know, guys will sign as free agents or whatever. And, uh, so we'll, we'll see, you know, but yeah, I think I, I still say as a fan, you know, put up or shut up, just moves to 2021. I don't give him a pass and say, okay, now you got three more years to rebuild. Um, you were supposed to be building something good and not just for a one year, you know, decent run and then go back to stinking. Yeah. It's, uh, it's frustrating to me because in theory, I, I entertain this argument, and th- and I think this is what bothers me, is I think it's a good argument. This was the year. Everything that he was doing, everything we were told was we were angling for this year to be the year. Right. And then we don't right. get this year, and it's, so I have no... It is frustrating. You know, I mean, it, it definitely is. I You know, I think in, we can probably put ourselves in the position of, sure, of, you know, and I can't, I don't, I don't know of one offhand, but I'm sure there are basketball, you know, college basketball fans of a certain school that are thinking, man, this was our year. You know, I mean, it, it, this, if you're a Dayton fan, you know, you got to be thinking, oh, we could have got to the Final Four. And maybe they could have. You know, they, they had enough of a season, a whole regular season, everybody did, in order to say, man, we could have done something. We could have done something special. We'll never know if they would have or could have. But, they, you know, but yeah, baseball even more so. Like, there's probably, you know, 60 programs out there that think, this was our year. We would have gotten to Omaha. We would have gotten to Super Regionals, and you know, only only eight would have gone to Omaha, and a lot of a lot of teams would have been disappointed. It would have been nice to know whether which side we would have fallen on, and and it's that unknown that is the frustrating part. And you know, again, I think we'll be used as a crutch if we fall short next year and be well, man, twenty twenty was our year. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate, you know, and. and Maybe it was, but bottom line is you didn't get a chance to prove it, so now you got to prove it in 21 and 22 and so on and so forth. Yeah, but this is... The, the, the draft itself is a microcosm to me of how screwed up Major League Baseball is right now. Yeah. yeah. We're having an abbreviated draft, a draft that is 20% of what it should be, we're doing it as a way to treat the pandemic as an excuse to leverage changes that the owners wanted that are bad for baseball. And, and the thing that to me is most striking about this is, you know, I kind of expected to be on an island or at least have have the, the key voices outside of the game be split 
on this issue. And it seems uniform. Guys like Joe Posnanski. Uh, I even heard an interview where Dayton Moore was the, you know, the, the guy from the Royals was saying yeah. that he's against this because this is how you make the connections with these small towns where you get the players who then become the players who you care about yeah, or I they agree. coach the players who you care about or they keep the game going. And look, there was the strike in 94 baseball didn't come back. It turned off people. It took years for attendance to, to level back up to where it was. It took the home run chase in 98, which we've then immediately decided to bury and pretend <laughs> didn't happen. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but there was a number of things that got us back where, where baseball got rebuilt. And, and I, I think it's interesting. So, you know, the, the speech in Field of Dreams, James Earl Jones, yeah. you know, America is built up and yep, removed yep, like yep. an army of steamrollers. Yeah. But baseball has marked the time. Well, well, baseball's lost that place. It, it, it's right. lost its role in America. And, yeah, and right. in 94, it, it had it, and that's when it lost it. And now, yeah. now you're doing this. It's, it's June 11th. We don't have a plan. And maybe I'm naive, but it seems like a good faith offer from the players is being slow walked and ignored by ownership in a way that will allow ownership to say, well, we wanted to make a deal, but we ran out of time. So Rob Manfred had to do this. Rob Manfred, who is selected by the owners to be the commissioner of the league, uh, had to make this order for mandatory short season, extended playoffs, blah, 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 blah. And we're going to pay them prorated, but we're going to have less than a third of a season. And that's just the way it's going to be. Well, you've lost all the minor league towns this year. You, mm-hmm. we've, we've punted all of minor league baseball. Completely, yeah. You're, yeah. you're going to abandon a couple dozen of those towns now forever. At least. Um, I would say, yeah. yeah. And you're, you're setting up for the opportunity to have fewer players entering the system. Therefore, we don't really need a single A. We can just go rookie to double A because we can filter right. the guys out. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you're eliminating... A bunch of teams in Montana, Colorado, Utah, Nevada, you know, you're, you're starting to create, if you look at a map, there are big gaps in the country where there aren't major league teams, right? You know, you can draw a pretty good line from the Carolinas through Tennessee, heading out West, heading North. As you get up through, you know, there's nobody in Nebraska. There's no major league team in Oklahoma. Yeah. Iowa. Iowa, you keep going across the Dakotas, you get into Montana, there's no major league team. But these people get to watch baseball because Iowa's got three or four minor league teams. Montana's got a couple, Uh, you know, and, and they're moving to bigger markets. They're leaving these places anyway. And so we've just decided instead of trying to find a way to save it and subsidize it and make baseball accessible to more people, we're just going to stamp it out. You know, we're just going to make it so baseball is a sport for it's already for athletes, for kids, a sport that's becoming closer and closer to a country club sport. You got to be able to be on a travel team. You got to have your own bat, your own glove, your own cleats, your own helmet. Well, when I was in Little League, I didn't have my own bat for half the seasons. There was a bag that was the team bag. 
It had batting helmets. Yeah. It had bats. Right. right. And, and you could just use those. But that's, you know, if you're that kid, you're not playing anymore. You know, right. you got to spend you're $500 right. on that bat. Get the best yeah. aluminum bat you can for an 11-year-old. And, yeah. and so we're pricing out people who like the sport. We're mm-hmm. cutting off access to people who care about the sport. And look, I'm going to keep watching baseball. Whenever they come back, I'm going to watch. But yeah. will I be shocked if less and less people are watching before the playoffs and more and more people in the middle of the country just start waiting for NFL season and college football mm-hmm. season and tuning this out? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not, because you're doing nothing for those people. This is the most short-sighted money grab by rich, arrogant people <laughs> in sports that I've ever seen. This is as tone deaf as the Washington Redskins making statements on race relations right now. That's how yeah. tone deaf Major League Baseball is in this moment. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree with you on on many of your points. I mean, uh, there wasn't very much you said that I didn't think, yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, you and I have talked about the, you know, the, the erasing of some of these minor league markets, and I, I think it's going to be more than what they said. I think they're going to use this as an excuse to obliterate more than 24 or 20 or whatever number it was. Um, they're going to say, you know, well, we still can't have fans. And minor, I mean, minor league baseball can't exist without fans. It really can't. There is no TV revenue that, you know, it's, it's about the in-person product. You go out, you see the advertising, you know, you, you go buy a program, you buy a hot dog, you buy a beer, whatever it may be. That's how it works. You can't play minor league baseball in these towns without fans. And I think they're going to get to next spring, and they're going to say it's still not a good idea to have fans at these places. We can't, we can't have baseball here. And and you're going to see, you know, you're going to see it wiped out in a lot of places. And that's where fans of the game are born. And it's not going to be immediate, you know. I mean, it won't, it, it won't be an immediate like, okay, I, I, you know, the people who went to games hate baseball now, but it'll be their kids. No, don't grow up going to baseball games. Yeah, because here's and, the thing. Right now, I I have a good friend who lives in Cedar Rapids, where yeah. there is a where there is a team. Right. The Colonels. If if, yeah, yeah. if the Colonels disappear, then he will once a season, once every couple seasons, drive his kids to Minneapolis or Kansas City or Milwaukee or Chicago for a game. Yeah. He yeah. will not feel they will not feel an allegiance to any of those teams except maybe the Cubs, which would be the most expensive ticket for him to right. go to and the most expensive right. city for him to stay in, right. uh, because right. those games at least are broadcast into Iowa. Sure. So, sure. so these kids are going to go from having the ability nearby, and when you count the Iowa City market, you know a pretty sizable, you know, you know mid tier metroplex can get yeah. to baseball games for five bucks and 20 minutes to yeah, yeah. a three hour drive and conservatively $50 a person to go to the game. Yeah. If you're not a regular oh, ticket they, holder for, yeah, for tickets, yeah. food and parking. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, it just, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't understand for a sport that you're right. I mean, it, it does not occupy the position that it used to you. You are an exception to not, I want to say the rule, but the, the general pattern you as a, you know, somebody in there, you know, I mean, through your twenties and now into your thirties that has loved baseball above all else. That's, that's not a pattern anymore. 
you know, uh, that's you. And, and, you know, like, it's good that they have some people like you, but they don't have as many as they used to. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm an example. I like baseball. I I will watch it when it comes back, but I love football and I love basketball and I love golf. I mean, to be honest, like I'm going to choose those three over baseball anytime. That's me. You know, and and I think, you know, uh, football certainly has become that football's become our our pulse in the country Um, and basketball has its stars. That helps. Baseball's done a really poor job for whatever reason. There's a bunch of them of building stars. You know, there's just there's not a lot of names that reach out and get people who aren't already baseball fans. Really? Since since Jeter, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like there's just like there are people for you and me who, you know, you are a big baseball fan. I consider myself a pretty, pretty good baseball fan. There are people, you know, I I went out of my way last spring to go see Mike Trout because I'd never seen him play and I wanted to see Mike Trout. Um, And Mike Trout is having an unbelievable career. But I don't think the average, you know, 15 to 25 year old who's just a sports fan cares that much about Mike Trout. But they do care about LeBron James. And they do care about Tom Brady. They care about Patrick Mahomes. You know, I mean, those two sports have done a better job of building stars and 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 getting investment into people. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, LeBron, you know, Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. I mean, these these guys are stars. Baseball lacks that. Well, let's take it a step, you know, if you showed a picture with no no hat, no identifier of same market, Kawhi Leonard and Mike Trout, more people are yeah. going to know Leonard than Trout. You go to Houston, yeah. you show Russell Westbrook or James Harden versus Jose Altuve or Alex yeah. Bregman. Alex Bregman, not, yeah. Not close. You know? Yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, and, and, um, and that's not even, you know, people used to say that about football. You know, it's a helmet game. You can't. You don't see their faces. Well, you do see their faces in baseball. Now they're not as exposed as basketball. Certainly, you know, if you look just physically, when you watch a basketball game, you see, you know, you see everything. You, you know, you know James Harden because of the beard. Um, if a guy in football has that kind of beard, you may not know it because they wear a helmet. You know, but you know, baseball, you do see their faces. But we, we don't. Now I don't know what the reason is. There are. I mean, I. You know, I know Rob Manfred made some comments a couple years ago about, you know, Mike Trout hasn't done enough on his part. And that may be somewhat true. Um, but there's probably a whole myriad of reasons to explain it. But it just, it's been noticeable to me for years, well before anything going on this year, that baseball lacks those stars that really like reach out and grab people who aren't already baseball fans. Yeah, you want to go see Clayton Kershaw. You've talked about that. Mm-hmm. And I like Clayton Kershaw. I, you know, I've seen him pitch a couple times, and, I, and I'm glad I have. But the average sports fan isn't their their pulse rate isn't raised by Clayton Kershaw, but it is by you know James Harden. Uh, who do they talk about? I mean, you know, they know what they're doing on shows like First Take. I hate those shows. But what are they talking about on First Take? You know, could James Harden win a title? Is Russell Westbrook too much of a me-first player? Is Patrick Mahomes going to be the greatest quarterback of all time? They don't talk about Mike Trout on there because people don't care. Like, it doesn't it doesn't get people's, you know, ire up, and that's the whole goal of shows like that. So, you're, I mean, that that to me is a, is a significant problem, you know, that, that we're into June, 
and this is the time where baseball should be, you know, at our forefront. And I would be willing to bet you a lot of sports fans, not baseball fans, but people who identify themselves as sports fans haven't missed it that much. They haven't said, you know, boy, I wish baseball was on tonight. Yeah. But they it, have missed the basketball. Exactly. That, that gets people going. You know, LeBron's not better than Jordan if he wins. And Giannis is going to be, you know, like it just there's something different about it that basketball raises our ire because we're invested in these people for good or for bad and baseball we're not yeah i mean it's funny because if you just do a sampling of the sports twitter i follow unless it's a specific baseball person yeah you don't see people talking about man what a great you know i wish there was a game on this sunday so i could just kick back and take a nap with the game on right like no you see that with people talking about golf you see that with with basketball people. I mean, basketball yeah. has one Twitter. It's it's kind yes. of amazing. Oh, it has. <laughs> it has. Yes. I mean, and, and that's part of the discussion we're having is that you know basketball has captured uh, the social media world in the way football captured the fantasy sports world, and and really has used fantasy sports as a way to push its way through. Basketball has captured social media. Twitter, YouTube, you know, that's, I mean, and, and it, it just has, and it's the place where now sometimes it drives me crazy, but it's the place where people go to say, no, Jordan was better. Jordan's the greatest and LeBron sucks. And then the other person says, no, LeBron's the greatest and Jordan, you know, played against plumbers. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, that's what we do on Twitter. I don't, but a lot of people do. And they don't do that with baseball. Do you see, you know, people say, you know, Griffey was better than Mike Trout. Nobody cares. And yeah. that, I mean, like, in some ways, I like that, but in other ways, baseball could use that. They could use that passion that just does not exist in baseball. Yeah, it, well, it, you know, I think about it with the record chasing and things. You know, yeah. when, when a guy is closing in on 3,000 hits, nobody cares anymore. No, it, it, it's, no. It, but, you know, and I, I think some of it's the steroid era and some of it's, mm-hmm. you know, just longevity. Guys are playing longer. More guys are getting close. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I was listening. Somebody was talking. I can't remember what they they were talking about. Johnny Damon for some reason. And he ended within 200 hits of 3000, really? I think, for his career. Wow. But I would not have known that. But nobody cares. Yeah. You yeah. know, nobody. I mean, there's there's no debate about like, well, should he have hung on just to try to get the hits? Right. You know, it's yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, because that's a very good point, because when we were kids, baseball was the sport of numbers, the magic numbers, 755, 3,500, 300 wins for a pitcher. Yeah. 56-game uh, hitting streak. 56 games, 400 batting average, you know, but none of those numbers are relevant anymore, it seems like. And you're, as steroids play a part, the home run numbers certainly have, you know, the 61 home runs and 755. Those were magic numbers. Most people couldn't tell you how many home runs Barry Bonds had. I believe it's 762. But that's not considered a, a magic number. Um, no one gets anywhere close to 400 anymore. We've, we've totally devalued batting average. No one gets anywhere close to 300 wins as a pitcher anymore because, you know, guys don't last. They don't They don't stay in the game, you know. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, that that's an excellent point and one that I – didn't think until you said it, but you know, there's there's not a lot of magic numbers in baseball anymore, and that used to be what sustained us through a regular season. Because the baseball regular season is a long haul grind, a normal one. You know, 162 games, six months, 
Um, you know, it's it's not an easy sport to stay up and into for six full months, playing almost every day. Um, but it was those numbers that did it. You know, you could have a random May day and they'd break into Sports Center, and you know, we'd see this guy going for 3,000 3, hits or or this guy, you know, going for 500 home runs. And now it's like that's that's old news. Yeah, I mean, I, I also feel like part of baseball, baseball's got a lot of things that I love about it that are objectively problems in, in <laughs> our modern era. You know, baseball is a game that thrives on being slow. You you yeah. used to be able to just get the box score of the game the next day and understand yeah. everything that happened. You didn't, you know, before there were highlights, before there was, you know, everything else, you could pick up your sports section, especially if yeah. you lived on the West Coast and you got the results from all the games and just say, "Oh, I get it. I see what I yeah. get. I I can follow the flow. They scored these in these innings. This pitcher got right. shelled." And Maybe you miss some of the nuance, but you can get it. But there isn't a basketball level, you know, steal, transition, block, right. transition, dunk. Yeah. There, yeah. there aren't those sequences. It's, you know, breaking There's ball not. away, breaking ball away. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. fastball up and in, hanging curve, home run. That That's not a sequence that is going to generate huge highlights that are going to be no, retweeted all not. the time. It's not, yeah. I mean, you're you're right about that. It's not. It's not really a great sport for today's culture that has a short attention span and that you know wants to be entertained in short bursts. Basketball's great for it, you know, because you. I mean, I think I think the NBA recently did this, maybe this year, or you know, where you could do a, you know league pass subscription where you only watch the fourth quarters. That's great. You know, because then you can watch the the end of games if you want to, and the exciting finishes, and 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 yeah, I mean, a lot of baseball games don't have exciting finishes. It's just the nature of the sport. Most, you know, many of them are decided after six innings. We just make our way through, but they don't always, you know. Now a lot of basketball games don't either, but but in the span of those first three quarters, there's something that's like, oh boy, did you see that? Did you see that block shot? Did you see that dunk? see that you know boy Steph Curry made five threes in six possessions or something like that yeah and yeah you know that that's missing from baseball and it's I don't know that you can replicate that it's just a different sport yeah um well it's the sort of thing where when you show up at the park there's always a chance you can see something new but if you're not looking for it you won't see it at all in baseball right right you know like baseball's a sport where you can pay extreme attention and live and die on every pitch and it can be as you and i've talked about the most agonizing of sports to watch as a fan i mean i i've had some baseball games the asu baseball games and they were in the postseason when i was working there that yes i mean like agonizing because there's there's this pitch and it's like this huge build-up sometimes there's no you know like oh it's big pitch and then oh it's ball one yeah or it's a foul ball and and then it just starts again and and yeah, if you really care, it can be incredibly intense. Yeah. The problem is getting people to care that much. Yeah. And and that's the problem is it's um it's tough. I mean, and, and baseball is a sport of romance. You know, I mean, I, I think both of us have a little bit of that. You probably more than me. Of you know, 
going going to the stadium early and watching batting practice and watching infield and you know and the, and the little things during a game the mound visits the the stepping off the rubber the you know the little gamesmanship and you know that that works for people like us but we're getting old you know i mean we're we're not young anymore and, it, and it's it's the next generation that that still like that romance seems to be fading it, for more and, and more. And see, like for me, one of the the indicators that just popped into my head about this is I love going early and watching batting practice, and then going down by the bullpen and just mm-hmm. watching because I don't have front row seats behind the plate, but I can go stand sure. watch a guy warm up in the bullpen and see. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I I've stood and watched a Roy Halladay bullpen and a Clayton Kershaw bullpen and you know and you see guys do things and how they work and and where they stand and how they indicate things and and it's great and I and as I was sitting reflecting on that just now most of the other people down there every time the ball gets thrown they're yelling for the catcher to toss it to them or the pitcher to toss it to them and it's they don't care about the game exactly you know no I mean I agree with you you know the the Nats played here a couple years ago my dad and I went and it was Scherzer was starting, and we did just that. We went over by the bullpen, and we watched his, you know, pregame, and it was cool. You know, I mean, it's one of those things that, like, you know, I remember I snapped some cell phone photos because I'm like, man, you know, this is this is one of the best pitchers of our time, and here I am, you know, basically just a, a you know, few feet above him watching him pitch. That's pretty cool, um, you know. But yeah, I, I don't think that that romance exists in as many people as and it's not to say that no one you know I, i've i've made some statements in this that are overgeneralized you know people do care about mike trout there are people who care oh about yeah mike trout. but, but, but there's just not as many there, there's not enough that really sustains things you know it well, doesn't and, get a lot of people's blood pumping in the way it should and you're taking away the opportunity that that's the that to me is the, the crime of all of this yeah is by cutting back Forget Major League Baseball cutting games this year. This is a crazy yeah. year. It's a pandemic. It's not the same as a strike. I wish they would figure it out. Right. I think right. they're going to lose fans over it, but it's not the same. But when you decide you're going to abandon minor league towns, look, I didn't grow up in a major league town. I grew up with no. spring training and AAA baseball and, and the yeah. occasional yeah. wildcat game, but, mm-hmm. but mostly mm-hmm. spring training and AAA baseball. And you know what? If I didn't have those two things... I don't think I would care about watching. Probably not. No, the way I do. No, because because you do you build. I mean, I still remember, and I'm sure you do too. I still remember some of those notable guys that played for the Tucson Toros who went on to play in the majors: Bobby Abreu, Phil mm-hmm. Nevin. Like you know, those yeah. are names that still resonate with me all these years later. Oh, Why? Yeah. Because I went and saw them play for the Toros. Then they made it to the bigs, and it's like, oh, that was cool. You know, yeah. I saw that guy win. I mean, uh, Bill, Billy Wagner came through yes, the Toros. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, they had some good players. And, uh, and the and, other and thing, other teams would come through too. Well, and that's what I was going to say is back in that time was when you had the Albuquerque Dukes as yes, the Dodgers affiliate, and it's that. like, Dodgers, oh, it's yeah. Chan Ho Park and Pedro. Yep. Here are guys who I watched pitch for them. Chan Ho Park. Yeah. yeah. Pedro Martinez. I watched Paul Canerco, yeah. you know, just rake in the PCL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, these are all guys yeah. who came as visitors who I remember watching. I remember sitting yeah. there and watching them pitch. Me or too. Hit. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Dukes were a great example because the Dodgers had that run of rookies of the year, and most of them played for the Dukes, you know, before they got to the Dodgers. And so, yeah, it would be like, you know, yeah, I saw that. I mean, you know me. 
I love that about sports. I love being able to say, you know, I saw that guy play in college. I saw him play in high school. I mean, when we went to see, you know, Jared Bayless play, part of the reason I wanted to see Jared Bayless, I mean, he didn't grow on to be an NBA star, but he had a chance to be, and he he went on to have a pretty solid NBA career, was, you know, it's like, man, I think that's pretty cool to say I saw him play in high school. I saw Marvin Bagley play in high school here. Like, those things are, I love that. And that's how you, that's how you build maybe not national stars that way, but that's how you build loyalty to a guy, you know, is, is, you know, yeah, that guy came through my city. I saw him play and now he's in the big leagues and I want his Jersey. I want his team's hat. I want to go to a game and see him play, Uh, you know? And so you lose that when you take that away, you just do, you lose that connection. Well, and it's funny that you brought that up. So in the same Joe Posnanski, Dayton Moore conversation, Moore talked about how somebody came up to him and, you know, they were talking and they asked if he could get a signed ball from one of the players for his daughter. And he's thinking, yeah, sure. You want who Whit Merrifield or Alex Gordon? Like, and and the guy said, Ryan O'Hearn and Moore's like, well, I I can get you the ball, but why? (laughs) And he's like, well, cause one day after, you know, between batting practice and a game, Ryan O'Hearn came up, saw my daughter watching, started talking to her about what batting practice was and how it worked and, and talked to her for like a few minutes and, and he became her favorite player. And I have, yeah. you know, like he's not my favorite player, but I have a distinct memory of it was the end of August. They were about to do 40 man call-ups and Gary Matthews Jr. was playing for the Las Vegas stars and got pulled yeah. out of the game. And I was sitting at TEP right by the little walkway behind the plate where that they uh-huh. could go in and out of. And he like walked up there and just sat down and started talking about, you know, yeah, he expected yeah. to be called up. That must be why they pulled him. And he, I, we just happened to be the people who were there for him to talk to. But, yeah, yeah, you know, then yeah. he got got to the majors and I, rem- I followed his career with, with some interest because it's like I had that. Sure. That yeah, moment. that connection. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, there are. Uh, you know, I I still think I don't. You may remember this name. Um, I still think of J.R. Phillips. He was mm-hmm. a big time Triple A guy for the Giants. Now he never made it in the bigs. He, you know, he got called up and he was a bust. Um, but you know, it was like, yeah. I mean, yeah, that name still resonates with me. Twenty, almost thirty years later, Solomon Torres mm-hmm. came through the Giants organization. Loved Solomon Torres. He never really made. I mean, he pitched in the majors for a while at a decent, you know, journeyman's like career. But you know, neither one of them became stars. But like those names resonate with me still, all these years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, I mean, as we're talking about this, these are this is one person, you know, two people's examples. But I guess where I think of it is like baseball's not going to die. We tend to overstate, like, oh, baseball's going to be dead if they do. That. It's not. But. When you're trying to build fans, if you lose, you know, a handful of fans from a handful of cities, it has a, you know, it takes a toll. You, you start to, you know, it's that it's exponential, uh, a word that's been thrown around a lot, you know, in the last three months. But, but this is, this is an example of it in that, that, you know, for every one person like you, who's not going to be in that minor league stadium, watching that guy play, that then years later thinks, yeah, I don't really care about going to a baseball game. You know, those things take their toll as they build. And and that is what this is going to do to me in a a sport that's trying to add fans, trying to get people back. You're almost actively pushing people away. 
Yeah, and you you know your entertainment dollars for ninety nine point nine percent of Americans are finite. Yeah, there's only so right. much money you can spend. I'm yeah, not I'm not are. a millionaire. Yeah. You're not a millionaire. Like there's, right. there's and only I'm a so much. Example. <laughs> I spend my money on going to football games. I don't. I I go to maybe a, a you know. On average, now, if there was a baseball game, you know, at Chase Field today, I, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, beat down the gates to get there because I miss it. But, uh, you know, on an average season, I'd probably go to maybe two or three baseball games a year. But on an average NFL season where there's only eight home games, since I haven't been working there three years, I've been to, of those 24 home games, uh, probably 21 or 22. I mean, you know, I, I go to almost every one because that's where I want to spend my money. Yeah. And and if baseball starts having more and more people with your view and less and less people with my view, it's going to become a niche sport. It's not going to be boxing, it but it's going to no. be hockey. It's getting closer to hockey. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, I think that is more and more the feel of like ho- hockey has a devoted fan base. And it's fun. I, I mean, I like watching hockey. Um but it, it's, it doesn't appeal to a wide cross-section of people. Well, and you it's not appointment a television. Or not. It's not. It's really not. And now, it, you know, in the playoffs, Stanley Cup finals, it starts to, you know. But, uh, yeah, I think I think that is kind of where baseball is getting is, you know, yeah, in the playoffs, World Series, more people tune in because there's something on the line. Uh, but there's not a lot of, you know, desire to – be by your TV to see that Sunday night baseball game between the, you know, the Mets and the Phillies. There isn't, you know, I mean, Sunday night baseball and Sunday night football are great contrast. Sunday night football is appointment television for a lot of people. It's, you know, what, seven, eight years in a row been the number one, you know, primetime program in, in the country and Sunday night baseball isn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just not, you know, now again, some of that is apples and oranges. I could see that having, you know, 17 weeks of Sunday night football and only one day or two days, you know, it's two or three days now where football's on a week is different than baseball. You can watch a baseball game any day of the week. On Sunday, you can normally watch, you know, 14 other games before the Sunday night game if you want. So there's there's more supply out there. But still, it's it's noticeably different how how different those two entities are viewed. And they're basically the same thing. A sport on Sunday night in an exclusive TV window. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, we should pivot now to talk about Pac-12 football because what would it be in June without it? Uh, But there is is news. Um, In case you were wondering how long a lifetime ban is in college football as opposed to in baseball where it extends past your death, Right. Uh, it's 10 years in college football. If you get a lifetime yeah. ban, it means you're gone for 10 years. And this week, Reggie Bush's lifetime ban from USC and the NCAA officially ended. Yeah. Matt, yeah. you had the chance to watch Reggie Bush in college. Was yeah, there too. Was there a more electrifying running back in college by your recollection of who you've seen in person? Probably not, no. No, I mean, not in person. Um, and probably not even watch it on TV. Uh, I mean, he, he was, uh, you know, USC of that era, we just talked about what's appointment television. USC was appointment television. Um, I mean, I, you know, I remember watching, I think it was 05, they played Fresno State in November. Uh, and they were undefeated at the time. And it was a great game. It was a shootout on Fox Sports Arizona, I think. It wasn't even a, you know, national broadcast. 
Um, and it was, it was electric because it was USA. It was at the Coliseum. It was Leinert. It was Bush. It was white. It was Pete Carroll. Uh, and, and he was the face of it. I mean, they had other stars. They had guys who went on to greater NFL careers, but you know, I, I think nobody is more associated with that USC run than Reggie Bush. Yeah. You get the, the red and gold. Yeah. You know, the playing that, under the lights of the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, there's just something electric about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he was, he was great. Now, you know, I will always and forever think that Vince Young had a better season in 2005 and should have won the Heisman, but he didn't. Bottom line is Reggie Bush won it. And, and, you know, he had a great year. I mean, by no means did Reggie Bush not have a good year. Um, but I, I'm, I'm glad of this step. I'd like to see more steps. I'd like to see less emphasis on things like this in the future. Um, you know, I, I think this kind of stuff is just just pointless. And, you know, uh, it's it's interesting in light of obviously some of the things they've put out recently about, you know, letting guys, you know, capitalize on their name image likeness. That's what Reggie Bush did. I mean, right? Reggie Bush took money from an agent because he was Reggie Bush and got, you know, his family got housing. Um took advantage of his name image likeness uh and and now you know it's like well boy he was made out to be just this horrible criminal of the ncaa and now it's like well that might not be so bad yeah well and what's the the thing to me that's been interesting we've seen it with the way usc's players and the athletic department have treated this it feels like, and I don't know what the what the truth is in the athletic office, and, and certainly what it was ten years ago. But today, it feels like, oh man, they were just counting down the days to get him back. It does. It does. Yes. Yes. I I think if you're you know if you're USC's PR office, you've seen the changing tides and attitude um, of you know athletes making money. Uh, you know, I think there's look, there's still people out there. There always will be who beat the you know. They get a scholarship. They don't deserve anything more. From, and, and, you know, some of those people just never change their minds. But I do believe there has been uh, a change in a good percentage of people thinking, man, there's so much money in these sports. And it does seem kind of ridiculous that these guys aren't able to take advantage of that money. Um, and more so than there was in 2010. There was a sizable amount in 2010, but I think in 2020 we have even more. And I think USC has seen that and seen that Reggie Bush has kind of gone from outcast, dirty cheater to martyr in a way. You know, the, the way he's been perceived is more like, you know, Reggie Bush died for our sins in some ways. I mean, I say that sarcastically, but that's that's kind of how it's viewed, I think, by more and more football fans. Well, and everyone from that era of USC is very transparent and very honest that they're not USC without Reggie Bush and Lindell. They're White. not. Like, they're a, a, not. A, and he's his name comes first for a reason. You know, it does. It does. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know you don't like Liner. We just, you know, we've discussed that many times. And Liner was a star. You know, there's no doubt. Liner, you know, was rolling with Hollywood women, and and uh, he was big name. But but Reggie Bush was the star. Like he is the name that goes along with that team. They had more than one. But if you take Reggie Bush away, they're not the same. If you take away Matt Leiner and the quarterback is Matt Castle instead, Matt Castle probably would have been just as big a star. Yeah. You know, he, he had the Hollywood looks. He could have been big name in, in L.A. And 
that Dayton, you know, Hollywood star, just like Matt Leiner was. But I don't know that anybody else could have been Reggie Bush for that team. You know, I mean, Lendell White was great, but Lendell White wasn't a star in the same sense. Great college player. And, and in some games, better. One of the games was probably here, um, where he was the better running back. But there was something about Bush that, you know, like, he had star appeal. He could outrun anybody at the punt returns. He had the leaps in the air. He had, you know. The flip. He just had it. Landing on his feet, flips in yes. the end zone. Yeah, in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just he just had, to, you know. I mean, again, to, to remember the conversation we were just having, we talked about how baseball lacks, you know, stars. Uh, Reggie Bush was a star. Now, he wasn't in the NFL. And it's an interesting thing. He never really reached that level in the NFL. He went to the Saints and was decent. And they won a Super Bowl with him there. Mm-hmm. But there was something about USC and Reggie Bush. They were the perfect marriage for that. Yeah, He was a productive NFL back. Yeah, but, had a nice career. Injury but, prone, you know, but a nice career. But not Marshawn Lynch. And, no. You know, and same conference. But in college, Reggie Bush all day, every day. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... There's just there's something about that and and that time and I, I mean it's it's honestly it's one of those that I feel lucky that we were in college at the same time because there was something electric about USC. I mean that 2005 USC game will always be one of my greatest sports memories. It, it hurt. It still hurts that we didn't win because we we had the game. It seemed like in hand at halftime, but man, that was fun. And without Reggie Bush and that team. We don't have that memory, you know, like that, that, uh, that wasn't because of ASU game day is not on campus if it's not for USC. So, you know, those, those things like, you know, you look back at moments in time in your life and I'm thinking, I'm pretty happy that we were right at that age to get to see that. Cause you know, if you were born 10 years later and you missed that, it's hard to explain to people what that was like. Yeah. And it was, I think the, in recent history, the heights of the conference because yeah without a doubt you know the Oregon school or I mean the Oregon run they're not they're not a school that has you it's not it's USC when you when you it's see you know when you see the <laughs> yeah. foam green and you know the mustard yeah. yellow and the neon yeah. it's not the same as seeing it's just not. the red and yellow you know and the freaking you know, fight on every time uh-huh. they get a first down and, and, and they get song so, girls and yeah. Well, yeah, and they get they, so many first downs. That was the do. other part. During that. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Yeah. They, they move the ball pretty well. So you heard that song a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it, there was just something about that team. I agree. I mean, the Oregon run from the late two thousands to about, you know, 2013, 14, when it, you know, whenever it was Mariota was there, it was a great run. You know, I'm not taking anything away from them. They played for two national championships in that span. They had a Heisman Trophy winner, um, and they were imposing too. I mean, you know, you and I have discussed in Oregon weeks past some of the nightmares that we have of Oregon games. Uh, them just coming in and running roughshod over us, but they weren't USC. USC is is different in the conference. It always will be. I mean, probably as well, long as we're alive. Well, and there, may, there may come a day where that's not the case, but I don't think we'll see it. I, I think that the takeaway from from this is the same for me with USC football as it is for UCLA and Arizona basketball. Yeah. I don't care how bad they are. 
I think it's meaningful to beat them, and I'm nervous when we play them. (laughs) I agree. I agree. I mean, there's something. I mean, you know, I go every year when USC is here. I have seen every USC football game here because I want to see that. That That is mandatory attendance for me. No other team does that in the conference. Not one. I mean, I've gone to most every Oregon game. I don't know that I've missed an Oregon game either, but I, I could. Well, there was some, you know, and like if, if there was something else going on, I would probably miss an Oregon game. Well, and if Oregon if Oregon slips, my my care about Oregon is tied directly to their record. And and if I sure. was a Washington fan, I probably wouldn't feel this way. No, that's true. But that's true. I mean, but yeah, for me, yeah. I I care about the Washington schools, the Oregon schools, the Northern California schools. All about the same. If they're good, sure. You know, then I really want you know, something. yeah. Yes. Then I really yeah. want that game to mean something. And if they're not good, then I really hope we beat them and don't embarrass ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, but yeah. No, it doesn't matter if USC is good, bad, down, up, lost thirty scholarships, playing yeah. for a national title. I, I that's it feels big, and I want to beat them. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, and and uh, we have beaten them in years where they're not very good, but it still feels big. Uh, and, and and yeah, there's just, there's something about it. I think it, I mean, it's the program history first and foremost, it's the, you know, the Heisman trophy winners of the sixties and seventies, the national championships, uh, you know, the LA Coliseum heritage hall. I mean, it's, it's all that stuff. It's the same reason UCLA basketball resonates and they really haven't been that good, you know, for a long time. Um, you know, they, their peak in the two thousands, which we were also in college for, wasn't as high of highs as USC football got to. It was close, but not quite there. But it still means something when UCLA comes to town. It just it just does. There's something different about those two programs in the Pac-10, now 12. And I, and I think that's the case for probably every Pac-10 school. It might not be that way if you're a Utah or Colorado fan. I don't know. You know, you didn't you don't have that history. But I'd be willing to bet. You, you know, you mentioned Washington. And yeah, Washington fans, they probably care about Oregon and they probably care about Washington State, but I bet they care about SC too. And they don't really probably care that much about ASU or U of A or UCLA football or Cal or Stanford, unless those teams are good. But USC Mm -hmm. matters to them. Um, It probably matters when they go to Corvallis. It matters when they go to Eugene because that's just, it just carries a little bit more weight because it's USC. Well, and Colorado in our lifetimes has won a national championship. They have. And, and it just doesn't, it doesn't even it doesn't matter. Way, no. you know? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, like it'd be interesting to know if it, let's say USC, you know, doesn't have the run they have with Pete Carroll. They hire Pete Carroll and it goes about as well as everyone thought it would, which is not well. And we don't have that run. Would we still feel that way? I mean, if USC had not had that run from 02 to 08, uh, where they, you know, went to seven straight BCS games and played for three national titles and won two and, you know, two Heismans and all that stuff. Um, if they're just average in that span, maybe we wouldn't feel that way. Uh, but we lived through the glory days or the, the last run of glory days, not the, you know, not the all the glory days of SC, but the, certainly the most recent run. And so it just, it will resonate more. Um well, I think it the more than Oregon does. It just does. I, I think the 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 response I would have is during the seventies and eighties, the Packers were terrible. But as soon yeah. as they got back to good, 
it it everything returned like beating them Hi. mattered and things and so Hi. when USC was down all it took was a little bit of a return to glory you know we didn't it didn't take us waiting till 08 to say wow that was really impressive now USC oh, no. matters it was as soon you're as they right. were good it was like okay <laughs> everyone stop no, we need right. to beat USC <laughs> yeah i mean i remember 2003 our senior year of high school SC came and played in Tucson um, and my dad and i went and you know Mike Williams had an unbelievable game. I think he had three or four touchdown catches, and 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 they hadn't even won a title yet. They were good in O two. They won they won the Orange Bowl, but they were you know that was the year they won their first you know of first of back to back national titles. Apologies to LSU fans who don't want to acknowledge that USC won a title in O three, but they did. They won half of it, um, you know. And and even then, yeah, you knew something. Something special was going there. It just felt like it. And certainly by 05, when they came and played here for game day, that was when it was at its peak. I mean, 2005 was was USC football at its peak. Bush, Liner, White, Pete Carroll, Dwayne Jarrett, uh, you know, stars on the sidelines. They couldn't be beat until they got beat. I mean, they, they, are, the, they are the story of the 2000s as far as I'm concerned. Oh, for sure. So... Here we are. It's it's June eleventh. Major League Soccer is coming back. The NBA is coming back. Much. Hockey's coming back. Golf's coming back. The NFL's the NFL's on refusing track. to acknowledge that uh, that there is on, a pandemic on track. Uh, you know, apparently they're putting in you know protocols for start of camp. Um, you know, so yeah, it seems like things are. Things are on track. I mean, it's been a, an unusual offseason. No OTAs, no mini camps, no things to obsess about. I've, I've missed the you know mandatory mini camp report date drama that we usually have around this time of year. But but uh, looks it looks like we're on track so far. So the only outlier is baseball, and uh, you know I, I told you that I thought there was a chance we'd lose all sports this year. I yeah. did not think that if we were going to have sports, the one we would lose would be one that is inherently <laughs> socially distant. I know, I know, and and had a window, really did have a window to be the first major sport back. Um, you know, I, I think that you know the, the the plan that was in place as of mid May to you know be back around the fourth of July. Now you see, you know, basketball is looking like end of July, hockey's looking at early August. You had a window of time there where you really, you know, we just talked about wanting to capture people's attention. That was a window to do it. And that window is slowly evaporating to the point where I don't, I don't know that they're going to, I mean, if they do come back, it's probably going to be at the same time all the other sports are already back. Yeah. They'll come back, you know, the first week of August, they'll have, they'll play 50 games in 60 days. When you're, when you're competing with basketball playoffs, hockey playoffs, and the beginning of the football season. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, and no one will care. I'll care. But, I know. mean, if nothing else, if all these things happen, we'll have a whole lot to talk about once September rolls around. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hopeful of that being the case because we have, we have gone through a dry spell. We've managed to find topics to discuss, and I'm glad. But, uh, you know, there, there could be just a whole smorgasbord of topics to discuss when we get to August and September and October. You heard it here first. Smorgasbord of podcasts coming to you this fall. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.